So I'm working at the yoga studio when this GQ guy walks in with a three-piece suit and laced-up shoes like he just stepped out of Wall Street. Man, when I pushed through those doors and I saw Tyler standing behind that desk, he was wearing a turban, dhoti, and kurta in the middle of downtown Kelowna. I took one look at this man and my heart blossomed with the possibility that he's here to learn yoga. I took one look at him and thought, why is this white guy dressed as Aladdin? Sure enough, this man in a suit pulls out his business card and wants to make money off me. I had a plan that mutually served us both, and he agreed to meet with me to hear me out. On the condition he take a class. I took that class. I accepted that plan. And we've been arguing ever since. Welcome to our ongoing conversation. In this podcast, Toby and I tackle today's troublesome truths. With the goal of making depth comfortable. Empowering self-growth. We're going to be wrong about some things. And that's okay. We know that. This podcast is about the process of getting closer towards the truth. We're creating a safe environment to discuss things freely with the sole purpose and intent of expanding the way we live. I'm Toby. I'm Tyler. And this is is The the Self. It's one of those things, you know, I'm like in the yoga studio, everyone's all quiet, I want to drink a water, and the coffee is just like... People start getting up like, what's going on here? What? No, no, people, shavasana, please, relax. Oh my god. It's the biggest test, you know? No matter what's going on in the room, just keep yourself relaxed. Okay, so... Today we wanted to structure this podcast a little bit around 2021 change. Yes. Here we go. Stepping into a new dimension. A new dimension. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Well, we are multidimensional beings as humans. We have the power to transcend and we also have the power to descend. So throughout all of that greatness of 2020, I'm sure we all had a good chance to descend and ascend and notice the fluctuations, notice the feelings, and start to hopefully find a little bit more perspective in life. Mm-hmm. And this shift of moving into a new year gives us an opportunity to really take what we've learned and hopefully integrate it through some tools and techniques we can transform and really move into something new. It's not so much about setting goals, having a destination in mind, making a resolution. It's about a shift, a shift in your perspective, a shift Mm -hmm. in your awareness. So feeling, thinking, allowing, being in community, basically all the stuff that we're going to be sharing on this podcast. All right. That's that's a lot to unpack right there. <laughs> Where does one begin with all that? Look at my crystal ball here. What would you say then has been like probably one of the more key defining moments for people that, that you teach? So a little bit of preface, Tyler here. You give lots of yoga classes, a lot of spiritual teachings and you're, you're kind of a collector of, of, of individual consciousness and, and, and like to bring it in and unravel that a bit. So in the conversations that you've had, the, you know, the clients that you've had throughout the year, talk to me like what, what do you think has been maybe a common theme that people have struggled with coming 
through 2020? Fear. Mm. Fear. People's fear is coming up. And for some people, if we're not connected, we are not even identifying it as fear. We're identifying it as a problem, usually an external problem, someone else, something else. That's the reason this is happening for me. Mm. When we start to use some of the tools and techniques that I teach, such as meditation and breath work and postural yoga, lots of different things, you can start to identify what's going on and start to open up the feeling. And we open up the feeling through the practice, through the breath. And then in the meditation, we can start to confront the truths. And maybe in the beginning, we can see it as a confrontation. But after a little while, after you start to smooth out some of those rough edges, it's more of an acceptance. Acceptance of what brought up this fear. You know, where did this fear come from? And what's the reason that I'm looking at it in a scary way at this moment? A lot of these things are from the past. And they're coming up during a tumultuous time, which is 2020, you know? A lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. You know, I don't even watch TV or the news, but trust me, I heard about the news every single day. Anybody I talk to, oh, da-da-da-da, oh, da-da-da-da. And that's just what it was. So we all have to deal with it in our way. What do I do? Breathe in the information. Breathe out the information. Mm -hmm. It's all good, you know? We can take on ideas, theories, thoughts. We don't have to accept them. We don't have to internalize them. Mm -hmm. And that's a big switch for a lot of people is that, oh, wow, I can just hear that and think, oh, that's a cool idea and have a choice whether I integrate, internalize this into my being or not. You don't have to take all the information. There's a lot of talk about subconscious out in the news and the media these days. The subconscious, it's picking up everything. Everything that's going on is being stored in a file. So we can start to relax that subconscious, start to slow the subconscious down so it's not taking up so much material and not bringing up so much material. Mm -hmm. In that way, we can focus on the truth, focus on the root, and not be overstimulated. So, bringing it back to fear. The fear is really stemming from old past traumas that in a time of a lot of stress and anxiety, they start to really come out. They start to really be felt. And no matter how you were suppressing that emotion in the past, it's now breaking through that suppression. Totally. It's, it's not good enough anymore. And the truth is, it's because you deserve more. You deserve to move through that and to awaken into your best manifestation of self. You, the truth, stepping in, new dimension. I think there's a good comment there. There's a lot of great comments. There's a lot of great comments in that. Um, on the piece of this increased anxiety, like... You hear it a lot right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a real, it's absolutely, in my opinion, a real thing that's happening right now is that, you know, the way I, I was wording it before was that when the world sort of shut off and it all went quiet and we were no longer distracted by all the different sights and sounds going here and there, being told to, you know, 
eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner and busying ourselves with the work of the day and the commute and the media and the, and the sound, sights and sounds that are just stimulating us constantly. When all that quietened and down, we began to listen to what was going on inside. Mm. <laughs> and for a lot of us, it was like, what the hell is going on in here? <laughs> the fuck? Like, what the hell? Like, you know, and it was, it, it, it's a lot to gotta listen to. You're like, oh, like, Okay, there's there's some pieces here that maybe aren't fitting, <laughs> you know. And I think that for a lot of people, in the conversations that I've had, is that this time period has shown us all a lot about some of the flaws I think in our habits. Mm. And I think one of those big flaws is that we don't take enough time to analyze ourselves. Mm. We don't take enough time to check our aim. You know, this is a, this is a big, a big one, you know, I could say for me specifically this year. And I, I think for all the people that at least I've spoken to about this is that, look, what's your aim? What are you doing? What's your goal with all of this? Because, if you're not paying attention to where you are going, you might not like where you end up. You could be moving there with tremendous speed, you could be gaining tons of momentum, but you could be going in the exact opposite direction of where you meant to be. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that analogy that, you know, a, a good leader knows where to direct his people through, mm -hmm. you know, through the forest, through the jungle. This is the direction and the heading that we're that we're we're, we're going. But a good manager knows how to cut down the bush quickly and, and, and power through and move along and get people going with him. But the problem is, is that what direction are you taking that? And to bring it back to perhaps our most primitive version of ourselves is a back to that hunter gatherer style society is that as a hunter you had to have good aim mm. being able to provide was the number one goal of the hunter and in order to be a good hunter and i guess how you would measure what it meant to be a good hunter and why that was even important is is, is first that a hunter is required by the tribe to provide, yes. okay? So to bring a fruitfulness to the tribe, to bring provision, mm -hmm. okay? And to have, to be a good hunter, you had to have good aim. You needed to know what it was you were going for. You needed to be able to line it up in your sights correctly and then action it. Get it done, man. <laughs> Focus on where you want to go and get it done. And if you did that, you brought back to the tribe, your purpose was fulfilled, you felt good, the tribe was provisioned, we all ate, happy days. Life is good. Life is great. And what I think has happened, and this is just an observation and an idea, and I welcome, I welcome this to be wrong, but what I think is that we have been taught from a young age how to pull a bow. <laughs> we know how a bow works. We know how to make a better bow. And we know how 
to be good managers, at least, of, of, of what needs to be done. But I think one of the one of the pieces that we struggle with as we are growing is that we aren't taught how to aim. Mm. Or perhaps we're not encouraged enough to aim. And some of that is freaky. It's scared to be like, I think I'm going to go and take a shot at this. This is something that's a burning passion to me. Well, why are you afraid to do it? Because I'm afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. And I think that brings back to your comment about fear. Are you afraid to fail for something, for anything? And what I think could be said about all this is that due to such a huge economic shutdown, failure or a feeling of failure was shoved on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to fail at something that, you know, you were really working towards. You have a bigger goal in mind in it and yeah, you failed and okay, sure, that happened and that sucks. However, you failed doing something you loved mm -hmm. and you know you're going to get back up on that horse again. But I wonder just how much of this sense of failure has come in or, or, or shock or, or fear to our, 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 our daily lives here that made you wonder, did you fail at something perhaps that you didn't really even want to do in the first place? So is your aim correct? Mm -hmm. Because now it seems that we've, a lot of us have had a chance to stop and wonder, am I aiming at the right target here? Because when you're not, it seems like it's easy to have it stripped away from you. But you can't steal something from you or take something away from you if you're passionate about it. If you, love, if you want to be a writer or a painter and your first painting doesn't sell, well, you're still going to paint because you freaking love to paint. That's right. Right? And maybe your first 20 paintings don't sell, but you still love to paint. So you're going to continue to paint. Do you have that same fortitude if it's, so you don't want to be a painter, <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so you have no interest at all being painted, but you're doing it because you think that is, you know, say it's a high demand for painters, okay, and you're doing it, and you're failing all the time. Well, where does that stick to come from? Mm -hmm. Is that aim correct? And I, I think the answer is no. It's flimsy when you don't, when you when you you've been working towards for so long towards one direction, and then you stop to ask yourself, well, is this the direction I want to be taking? Mm -hmm. And that's getting removing that distraction from the outside world, and asking yourself, am I headed in the right direction? Because if things aren't working for me, and when that uh, happens, and those feelings flood in. Well, yeah, let's talk about anxiety. If you've spent <laughs> your life's work building something that you don't even want to do and now you failed at it. Well, yeah, I, I think that I think that that's going to speak a lot to to an anxious response. And then the courage that it would take to admit to that, understand that and change direction. 
learn how to aim, learn how to be conscious. I love you talking about that bow there because it's like, you know, we got this mind and we think we know all about it. We got science that's been chasing it. We got the spirituals that have been chasing it. We got the psychedelic people that have been chasing it. Everybody's trying to understand this mind. You know, it's, it's the most magnificent tool, but we got to remember it's just a tool. So that tool needs to be used correctly. And to take aim is to be conscious about something, to understand, okay, so... I'm going to become a lawyer. How do I feel about that? How do I feel when I say, hey, I'm a lawyer. I went to school for this many years and spent this much money and I'm a lawyer. Just on that alone, you know, am I feeling joyful? Am I feeling like, wow, this is my passion. I'm following my bliss with this. It doesn't matter if I have student loans for decades, if I'm actually not making a ton of money because I want to do different work, maybe not some corporate law type stuff. Do I love this? Am I passionate about it? So consciousness, understanding, taking time. A technique I like to teach people is to ask yourself, why am I doing this? First question, why? What's the reason? And if it's anything external, it's far from the truth mm. because the truth is internal. And then you go on, okay, if I figured out why and I like it, there's some integrity behind why am I doing this? How am I going to do it? Okay, now this is how I'm going to do it. Okay, what am I going to do to make that happen? And you can just go through the W's. Why, how, what, where, when, and just go through that. Ask yourself these questions. And that is using your mind consciously to really see, wow, how do I feel about it? How do I think about it? And use both of those aspects to integrate some truth out of yourself. Because having the bow and not knowing how to aim is just being unconscious. And like I was talking about that subconscious before. So when we're on autopilot, then the subconscious has taken control. So we're just moving through patterns. And it's easy. It's comfortable. We're using the same patterns. Autopilot. No worries. But just a few conscious efforts. It's a pivot. You're really changing the game when you make a few conscious efforts. So, yeah, a good way to, uh, to look into ourselves, some introspection and understand how to get that target. <laughs> how to pull that bow back. That's right. Pull that bow back. I use that actually as an intro to some of my Kundalini classes. Sit up nice and tall. Take a deep inhale, holding the breath at the top. Extend your left arm out as if you're holding a bow. Take the arrow from behind your back with your right hand. Pull the string back with intensity and release. Doing that two more times. Breath is held. Switch sides. Three motions. Breathing out. And it's a real centering exercise. You got some big movement, you got a held breath in the body, you know, you start to feel it in your mind, that holding, and come back to a place of equilibrium, mm. so that we can hit up things neutrally, not sway too much to one side or the other. Okay, so there was a piece there that I think for in my journey this year has really changed 
my perspective. And that was one of your first comments there about um, the mind being a tool. Mm -hmm. And using our consciousness to aim that tool in the direction that we want. Mm -hmm. Going through the questions, the W's in that sense, how do you get people to understand their feelings? Because it's not so simple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. You know, I, I, I know this is a truth that it's difficult to always know how you feel about certain things, you know, and you could be heading in one direction and, and feel like this is right. This is my purpose. This is what I want to do. God damn it, I'm on it. And then you're down the road a little bit and something seems to shift. Mm -hmm. And you start to wonder, well, why did I start doing this? And this is still fill up my cup. And there's some sort of unrest inside. But it's hard to put a label to what that unrest is spawning from. So how do you take a full inventory of your life and understand like, okay, something is off. What is it? And how do I feel about this? Fair enough. So for me, you, the question was, how do I get someone to? And it's never about getting someone mm. to ever. It's about creating a space, an energetic space that is safe. It's a container that can allow an exploration. It can allow someone to question themselves and know that they're in support. Mm -hmm. And that support can be silent support, it can be verbal, it can be physical, it can be communal. It can be so many different ways of just being in a new way to really feel into yourself. And through the exercises, the techniques, the breathing, the energy moves in a way that things come up. And that's where you start to understand intuition and intuition. It's like a muscle. So how does someone start to understand where and what it comes from? It's by working out this muscle. So through the techniques, maybe you'll feel a pain or a joy, even a laughter. You know, it's not all darkness. You know, there's joy, there's happiness that's coming up out of these pockets of blocked energy as well. And you might get a vision, you might get a memory, thought, something like that. And the more clear your mind starts to become, the more you heighten your awareness, the more you can sort of hone in on like, wow, you know, the other day when I was laying down in Shavasana after ecstatic breath and I was bawling my eyes out, it was all about when I was 13 and I was with my grandpa and this and that happened, you know, and wow, mm -hmm. you know that, I mean, I never looked at it in a compassionate way and I can hold myself with a little bit more compassion and start to heal that wound and release any tension that I've been holding, any judgments about myself or any judgments about anyone else. And through hearing that voice and following it, identifying it and befriending it, that's how we strengthen that intuition muscle. That's how we start to really be using it, understanding it, feeling it. And then guess what? Just like they talk about in the gym, the muscle mind connection, 
now your mind and your intuition are working in unison they're not working against each other it's not like your mind that wants to save energy is telling you yeah just keep this bad habit and your <laughs> intuition's like hey man you're really smart you're really cool like do this trust me you know they'll work together and they'll both say this is gonna be great for us yeah <laughs> That's a good point, you know, and there was a, was a bit of teaching that I undercame recently that really changed my perspective about that. Mm-hmm. And that was understanding state of awareness. And it's funny. You go through these moments and I think 2020 forced a lot of people to go through moments where you had to take a dark inventory. Mm-hmm. And you had to really look at yourself in the mirror and you had to really come to terms and say hello to yourself, <laughs> really look at, at what's there. And when you go through those periods, it, it totally shifts the way you see yourself and therefore see other things. Mm. And sometimes it takes a great force uh, either willing or unwillingly to push you to go through that and when you can when you can come out or as you're going through the process your awareness on how just like you said that gut intuition when you start to open up maybe some of those blockages and some of those things that you've been holding on to that you didn't know how to let those feelings go you can start to come a little bit more in tuned with perhaps a set of feelings. And then from those feelings, begin to explore out there. It's like becoming a kid growing up all over again. <laughs> and you just have to like relook at life all over again. And what I've come to understand is that number one is a state of awareness. And, and I, I think that every journey to it's like we're almost on this loop, a five-step loop. And it's about increasing our state of awareness. I think where it starts is acknowledging that where you were mentally, spiritually, whatever, is it's like a drifting boat down the river. You know, it comes in and it passes through and the next piece comes along. And it's maybe a, maybe a boat's the wrong term there. But you understand the analogy I'm trying to make where you have to let things pass through you. Mm-hmm. And that awareness is like that too. That it's a constantly changing perspective and appearance. As you're going down, say, the river of life, as you travel along certain things will come on that you want to hold on to and you, you're you'll fight tooth and nail. <laughs> you're like fuck I'm not letting this go this is what means the most to me and you'll ride you'll care even if this 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 is a weight and you're holding on to that weight and it's sinking your goddamn boat man and you are going down you're taking on water but you're afraid to let it go mm. because it means something to you, even if that doesn't serve you anymore. And 
coming to the state of, of awareness to let that go, I feel like is a five step sort of process. One, you have to come to the point where you acknowledge that how you see the world and how you see things right now isn't the only way to see things, but it's how you see it, right? So that's your base level of awareness. And then it's having the knowledge of how did you get here? So if it's that weight that you're carrying with you, where did it come from? And how the hell did it get so heavy, <laughs> right? And and you take that and you understand, okay, so I got myself here because I, I, I needed this at one point. At one point or another, this weight to me represented my place on earth, on in this boat, on earth, in this vessel of a body, mm -hmm. right? And you need to come to a point where you were aware of how you got it. And then accept the fact that this weight is there. And it may or may not be good for you. And you may have held on to it for too long. You can't go back and up the river and drop the weight off so that the boat is not going to end up underwater. Your boat's going down. <laughs> it's already sinking and you've put yourself there. And you know what? You have to come to terms with what's in front of you. And that's about taking responsibility. Mm. That's about accountability right there. First of all, knowing what had happened and how you got there. Or sorry, first of all, being aware, I'm in a sinking boat. <laughs> that's the first step. I am in a sinking boat going down a river, and I don't know for how long it's been sinking, but it's been sinking. Okay, how did I get myself there? Yeah. And once you can get to a place where you understand, okay, well, here's the crap that happened, and the things that I needed to hold on to, and why I held on to this weight, whatever the case is there, to get myself here. Okay? Now, the toughest part is accepting that. Right? <laughs> because we'll continue to fight. And, and anything that threatens perhaps our identity or our thought of who we are and our place and our purpose and existence in the world, that's a big threat. Mm -hmm. And that is challenging your entire awareness. That's in challenging your entire identity, your co entire consciousness. That's a big threat. And that carries a huge emotional weight. And I think think that is a really really tough place to get out of and whether I don't want to put time to it because some people some people take years getting through that step years and years and years of, of, of whether it's been a bad breakup it's been a death it's been some significant loss that place of accepting where you're at to get to a place of compassion is a big step. And I think that the only way that you can move from self-acceptance or to really fully accept what has happened to you is you need to find a way to come to it compassionately. And you can't come to a place of compassion towards it until you understand it fully. You have to have that knowledge first, right? So once you've accepted it, how do you move forward 
now from there and to increase your knowledge about this. So I think the next place to come from then is accepting who you are. I accept I've carried this weight, I've sunk my boat, and I'm here now. How the hell am I going to move forward? Yes. And the only way is to love yourself through it. It's a great way. <laughs> I think. I think that you have to have honest conversation with yourself and be like, okay, what am I, what is my aim? What do I want out of all of this? Am I willing to shed this weight, to let go of this, to brave the water? Because maybe this weight was the one thing at, 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 a, at a point in time that was only keeping this boat going. Mm -hmm. And I need that weight. And it's hard to look at something that we've identified for however long as the thing that's keeping us going and keeping us together and say that, you know what, you don't serve me anymore. And that can be a relationship. That can be a relationship with yourself. Victimization. It's a tough piece to get over because at one point you could be living in a world where there's unfair things happening to you, man. That's common. That happens. We go through that. The world is an unfair place. It's just going to happen. If you're thinking you're going to walk outside your door, it's going to be all fairies and roses all the time. It ain't happening. You are going to get burned. You are going to get screwed. It is going to, life is going to come and ninja kick you in the mouth a few times. It's going to happen. And sometimes it can be entirely unfair. And you can hold on to a piece of something like feeling victimized because how do you make any other sense of it? And perhaps you hold on to it so long that it becomes part of your identity. And it becomes a place that you can understand and accept what has happened. Right? Because you can move through those states. Awareness. Knowledge, acceptance, okay? And you can get there and you can accept it all. And this is the part where you, I feel like is the toughest part. Does the story I'm telling myself still provide any sort of benefit? <laughs> Does this help me move forward from here? Because maybe I needed it then, but do I still need it now? Mm -hmm. And if I hold on to it, Am I the only person who's going to suffer from this anymore? <laughs> like, has the world moved on past me? Because the river's still flowing by. The other boats are still going by. But you're holding on to this weight. And it's sinking you, man. And how do you, how do you come to terms to let go of that so that maybe your boat can move forward? I'm not saying it's gonna. But maybe you yourself. What would you say to that? What, what is the way... From that point, to move beyond. To move beyond. It's to turn inwards, man. It's to focus on the self. So, I believe we were at the space of acceptance. So, now I've accepted what's been laid out for me. That's great. It's a beautiful thing. I've come to terms with it. Cool. What's next? So, the next step is to 
close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, get yourself centered, and then use the tool that could work for you. For some people it's writing, for some people it's going to visit a family member or a mentor, for some it's making sure that they take care of themselves, maybe going to the spa, doing a little pampering, a little self-care. So turning inwards, taking care of yourself and finding an outlet for that energy. Because just because you've accepted it doesn't mean you've moved all the energy. Totally. It's more like I've identified the energy. Now I need to do something with it because I yeah. don't want it festering in me no more. <laughs> totally. You're out of here, man. So what am I going to do? to honor that energy and let it live inspired. Let it live creatively. So you figure out what's your thing. If you don't know your thing, get out there, close your eyes, take three deep breaths and start walking. Start walking and start walking. And I tell you, you might meet a few cool people, <laughs> you might see a few cool things and be on your path to greatness to yourself. Yeah, I read a good quote that I'd like to bring up here from what you've said there. It was from uh, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's a great okay, book. Yes. I, like, I actually quite like this book. I get why there's some tension around it um, <laughs> and how it's written. Because people but love I, tension. I love tension, bring it on, <laughs> right? And and I get it. it it's an aggressively book. But I think one of the great quotes I pulled from it was that Mm -hmm. You need to find that inspiration, and if you find the inspiration, then you'll be motivated to do something with it, and then you're going to actually go and work and make that happen. Whereas, that that isn't the case, at least how he writes out in the book, that in fact that it's just doing something. And wherever you start, by doing something every single day, anything, just trying things, trying new things, starting somewhere that that motivation will come and from doing something and feeling motivated about it inspiration for that next step is just going to come as a feedback loop from it so the fact that the first step isn't waiting to be inspired to do something it's just doing something man mm -hmm. just trying some direction write 200 words a day mix a couple paints throw them on a canvas see what Take happens a cold shower what was that? Take a cold Take shower. Take a cold shower. Whatever it works, man, but just trying something. And by doing, you'll create your own motivation and inspiration. And so in terms of getting yourself from out of the water here, as you said, I think that you're right. The energy does need to go in some direction. And understanding yourself is perhaps that next step. Once coming out of acceptance is understanding what is your aim? Mm. How are you going to refine your aim now? Knowing what you've known, accepting what you have had to forcefully look at your world and say, okay, here's the crap I've done that's gotten me here. I'm stuck. All right. How do I get myself unstuck? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, I can either just sit here and wait for the water to go over my head and drown me into nothing, <laughs> or I can try and find a paddle. Maybe I can find a bucket and start bailing some of this water out. I don't know how it's going to get out, but I'm just going to try a few ways to figure out how to move past and beyond it. And 
I think what's most important about that step is that you're probably going to screw it up a lot. <laughs> it's not going to come to you quickly at all. But what I think happens is that what you really learn perhaps isn't, oh, I've now found my life's aim because I've gone through this. It's no, I've learned how to refocus my life. I've learned how to re aim myself, recalibrate and readjust what my direction is. You learn how to readjust your aim. And that is a tool. That is a powerful tool to be able to know how to, that if you get yourself lost, you have the skills to figure it out again. And I think from that builds character and enough strength in your personality that you can transcend to that next place of self-love. Mm -hmm. And from that place, from self-love, and you can fully love yourself, that can now exit out to the world, to others. And you can begin to connect with other people's strives and their story and understand how they've gotten themselves to where they are and from then move to the next state of awareness. And then repeat that cycle because it's probably going to happen again. You're probably going to get yourself to a point where you're not happy with something or maybe something can be improved or, and, and hopefully each time becomes less and less and less of this big traumatic event. And you can spot these things earlier by using the techniques of meditation, journaling, whatever it is you learned to get yourself out of that first really dark hole and build upon that, that muscle memory, that strengthening that gut, strengthening that intuition and learning how to move that forward. But it's a damn bloody process, isn't it? <laughs> it sucks. You know, it's fun. I think it really is fun. And maybe when we're in it, it doesn't seem that way. But <laughs> man, I always try to look at the fun parts of it and smile and laugh, especially in the thick of it, in the heat of the fire. You know, if I could find a smile, I know it's all going to be okay. You know, I've been here, I've been there, and this consciousness, it's still just watching it all go by. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what we really are is the water, man. You know, the boats, that's, that's just our vessels. We're that water, man, and we're always watching everything that comes by. Sometimes we jump onto a boat, we cruise around, <laughs> sometimes we go on shore, we play around. And just be happy that we're here, that we get to have the experience. And for me, that's helped me to get through so many hard things. Just that blessing of like, wow, you know, I'm here. Wow, like really, this is great. <laughs> I, I think that there's probably a few chances that, you know, I would not be here anymore. But guess what? I am. I made it. I'm still making it. And as long as I'm here in this moment, I'd say I'm successful. Mm. That's amazing. And you're right. You know, if you think about it all, we're all just what? We're star matter. We're, we're dust. Over 13.8... <laughs> we're 13.8 billion years of the universe doing the universe colliding expanding contracting expanding forming together to create this experience that's right in front of us mm. so to think of the improbability of it all it's quite a miracle that you're here 
and the fact that we get to sit here in front of each other and talk about this and have an understanding that this is a thing is quite an improbability. It's quite beautiful that we even have this consciousness that can look at what we're thinking about and what we're talking about. Understanding I'm not my body. Mm. I'm not the four letters that create my name. <laughs> I'm not the identity attached to that. I'm not, I'm not the thoughts inside of my own head even. As you mentioned earlier, the brain is a tool and that is an interesting piece because I never thought of a way that you could separate yourself from your thoughts. But that's really the art of meditation is to be able to observe your mind. And there's this great practice. So it was a Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey podcast. It's freaking awesome. Um, and they talked about this practice. And if you were listening and you want to do it with us here, we're, we're going to do it real quickly because I think it's quite useful. I love it. So first of all, I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Now picture a red triangle. Now picture a full moon. And then picture a tree by the river. Now open your eyes. Okay. So just the same way that those thoughts weren't in your head, they came into your head and now they're gone. You weren't those three images. They just came, you created them, and you let them go. The same being that observed those three images that had control to make those three images and to let them go is the same being of consciousness and the same observation of all of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You have that same power of control over all of your thoughts to look at them, observe them and let them go. Mm -hmm. Therefore you're not your thoughts in your mind. You're the observer behind that all viewing it that's your consciousness and that's where that state of awareness i think really comes from because when you understand that when you understand that you're not your thoughts you know you can change but it's at what level can you i don't know if control is the right word but i'm going to use it anyways okay. can you can take control of that and own it and be accountable and be responsible for it. And, and that's why I think state of awareness is this like cycling loop of leveling up one by one by one. And you keep repeating it because no one's trying to do a shitty job at being who they are. <laughs> you know? even, even someone who robs a bank or who beats dogs or who does sh shitty things. They're not trying to be a shitty version of themselves. They're, everyone's trying to do the best from the state of awareness that they're actually at. Yes. The thing is, is that not everyone is at the same level of awareness. And that what the collective awareness, the collective level of consciousness, because there is a collective consciousness that forms when we have a tribe of people together is that their level of awareness is just not at the same level as the collective group. 
but they're trying. They're trying to do what's right. They're trying to be the best version of themselves. The hard piece is to understand that we are always in control. Our thoughts do not control us. You know, I will use my memories, but will not let my memories use me. That was a quote I heard from, I believe it was from uh, Byron Katie, that really helped me shift this understanding. Mm-hmm. That when dealing with others, is to move past emotion and judgment of others because they may not all be the same emotionally inclined or spiritually aware that you are. So understand that there are many, many different states and levels of consciousness and awareness. You know, we see the world as we are, not as it is. Therefore, we see others as we are, not as they are. And it's the same with different situations. Understand that everyone is doing the best that they can, given the state of awareness that they are in. Therefore, do not proceed with your own emotionally charged judgments of others. For you may not fully be understanding what level of awareness you're at. There's a saying, never argue with a fool. Because from a distance, people can't tell who was who. This experience, you know, for 2020, from what I have gone through, has taught me to take that lesson and apply it internally. I'm someone, like many, who has really wrestled with my own thoughts throughout this period and the direction that I'm taking in my life. And this arguing and conflict has inflicted as much outward pain to others as it has caused me internal pain. And in the end, all to see just how wrong both parts of me were. So don't judge others. And don't judge yourself. Allow yourself to just be with kindness and compassion as you would to a small child. Then open yourself up to understanding more, becoming more, growing spiritually while developing more mental and physical and emotional control. You know, I feel like we got to give others more empathy and compassion. We have to have the courage to be imperfect. And it's just like the goal with this podcast. I don't believe everything that I'm saying here, the world should take its gospel. You know, like I'm not like, oh, welcome to the mountaintop, everybody. Here are my tombs. Follow my world. I like, no, I I don't know this stuff yet either. I'm I'm figuring it out too. But what's tough is that there's so much judgment around being wrong. Mm -hmm. And there's also so much judgment around someone thinking that they're right. Well, I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong, but can I have a discussion about it? Can we talk about it? Because I feel like we've lost the ability to do that. Why can't we be wrong? And be confident in your wrong. Yes. And accept when you are wrong or accept that someone thinks that you're wrong, but you don't feel that way. Okay, I can accept that you may not agree with me. And that's okay. Here's what I think. I'd like to understand why you don't. Hear it from your perspective and hopefully learn something. Hopefully change. And maybe, maybe you tell me 10 things and one of them is the only thing that sticks with me and that I agree with you with. But that one thing plants a seed that as I move forward, changes the way I think. And that spirals, it grows, and it becomes something completely new to me. And boom, my state of awareness begins to shift and change. And that's why 
I'll state an opinion. That's why I really despise the cancel culture that we have. And I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of cases where it's justified. Okay, I'm not talking about those cases. I'm talking about the sense of where what it's done. What it's what it's it's made people afraid. It's made you know, I heard this really, really good quote too. Um, that when the comedians stop feeling free to express themselves, it's the canary in the coal mine for our freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Right? If we can't laugh at our own gestures of the court, well, then we need to think about who's in control and or what is in control mm-hmm. and where that's leading. Because there are horrible things that happen all the time and they should be respected. But as humans and as people, we need to figure out a way forward and to allow a little bit, maybe it's, it's humor. And maybe if it's not even humor, if it's too soon for humor, if it's just a debate, if it's just a discussion, we have to allow some opportunity to let people express that and to be imperfect, to have compassion, to be kind to ourselves first and then to others. And through that authenticity, be brave enough to let go of who we all think we're supposed to be or who we're, we, we feel internally how we should be. But I think if we allow that to happen a little bit more, then perhaps we'll be able to find out a little bit more of who we are and surrender. Because all life really is just learning how to let go. It's the same thing with feelings as it is thoughts. You're not your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so that feeling that's compelling you to do these things, I mean, feelings are hella powerful. They can change the way you think. You can be so wrapped up and inspired in, in something completely bogus, completely chaotic, completely so subversive to the way you normally think, but because you get wrapped up, that's how these cults form. You know, they get... They, get you at your core yeah. and they tackle feelings and they latch on to them and they can twist the way you think to serve their purpose and their goal. Uh-huh. And and if, if I said, hey, here's a, here's a cool idea. Why don't we round up a bunch of people and bring them out to the desert and then train them how to kill people? You think people would be on for that? Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd have perhaps a harder time convincing people to do so. But say you, but if you went from that accord of, hey, you're lost, hey, society's turning it's against you, let me attack those, let me, let me get into your core being, your feelings, because that's, right. that's what Charles Manson did. Let me help you feel loved. Let me help totally. you feel accepted. Let me help you feel like I really care about you, about your desires, about your feelings, and that I'm here for you. And whatever your interest is, I'm going to back you up. Mm. Now that's good. But if it's about their interest, we need to take a look at it. Totally. And the, the point I'm, I was going to make there was that you have to understand that your feelings and your thoughts are going to pull you in one direction or another. Is where you act from. Mm-hmm. And that's the ultimate power that we all have. And, and it's that state of awareness of where you're acting from is that that higher being in which you are acting from. 
not letting your feelings and emotions and your thoughts run the course of your journey. And that is harder said than done. Mm -hmm. That is much harder said than done. It is not an easy... It's not an easy place to live from and, and a concept to understand. It takes years. I'm still figuring it out myself. I've only just begun this journey. I feel like I've been walking around blind for 28 years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Every day can feel like that, right? Totally. You know, we learn some new thing. We feel something different. It expands our mind and consciousness and whatever that old belief was, it needs to go because we were working on a new material today. Totally. Mm -hmm. So to bring it back to the question, 2020 is done. We discussed, okay, when was one of the biggest common things, uh, themes that was coming out of it? You mentioned fear, mm. fear of the self. Fear of everything. Fear of the neighbors. Fear of the grandkids. Not the grandkids. You know the grandparents, they were the resilient ones. I don't give a shit if I die. I want to see my grandkids. So, you know, kudos to all the grandparents for seeing the truth. But man, you know, people in their 20s, just like, wow, really, really allowing that news to infiltrate their mind and their feelings. You know, people that are in their 50s, 40s, really being susceptible to that, using too much social media, too much cell phone technology, really being wrapped into that. And the fear, it was everywhere. It was all over the place in, uh, in places that people didn't recognize it existed. And I hope that now that it's blown up, we've recognized it, now we can start to change that fear, transform it into love. Mm. Boom. Okay. Yes. So fear. What is fear? Fear stems from inside though. So where I'll argue with you here is that I don't think it's came from anywhere else but from inside. Of course. I think that we yes. have a lot of tools in society these days that prey upon that that vulnerability that are inside of us and I think that there's a lot of people reacting to what's inside of them and that unrest and then yes there are some people manipulating and utilizing that for whatever agenda their own whatever purpose or agenda that they think is the righteous one and i think one of the hard pieces about just the fear concept is that we're trying to protect ourselves so much that we'll fight tooth and nail to protect our beliefs and our own values that we're afraid to reach across the table and openly accept someone else's. Mm -hmm. Not as our own, but accept that those are theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're looking at like, you know, a political state, the massive divide that's not even just in the US, it's in Canada too. That oh, big yeah. divide, uh -huh. right? And it's this inability, I think, to understand that we all belong to a tribe, the tribe of Canada, the tribe of the United States, the tribe of North America, you know, that we are as the tribe of the earth. We are connected all in as one. And 
I think where a lot of the unrest comes from is that we are afraid of losing what we feel is important to us that keeps us the state. It's the weight. We're all, we, we have, we've picked up our weight on our boat or whatever the reasons we needed it. We've grabbed it. This is ours. And we will do anything to stop that boat from sinking and to let go of that weight because this has become such an important piece for us. And we're not letting go of that. And we, instead of looking inwards to understand ways that we can either lighten the load or to embrace the fact that maybe, maybe not, maybe not the entire piece of that weight is needed. And there's parts that need to go and need to change, but we're so afraid of allowing somebody else to bring their weight on board because it's going to sink us. And by ad admitting that we feel lost. Mm -hmm. And there's this piece there when we lose the ability to respect the fact that there is the same level of conviction and the same level of honest belief in other people's values as we hold for our own, then we lose the ability to reason and to see things from different angles. And we are afraid of letting anything threaten our own identity and sink our own boat further. I think this is an abstract thought, but... It's a beautiful thought. <laughs> it is something. Okay, so we've got the fear component. We've got the awareness and in coming through to accepting new states of being and moving through the anxiety. What does 2021 bring for us it brings what we choose to manifest this is our opportunity as creators to really use that consciousness that awareness to focus on what we really want and to make that happen because once we eliminate the external and we start to integrate the truth, the meaning, the power, the energy of the internal, we're manifesting things very quickly. And if we make it a daily practice, coming back to visualization of what I want, writing out what it is that I want in my life, you will make it happen. You will start to see the world around you shifting in a way to help you, to give you a little acceleration into what it is you desire and the key to that is to come from truth like we talked about earlier if we're making it unconsciously we haven't quite learned how to aim our bow the world doesn't really work out in our favor it generally works out to teach us a lesson which I guess would be in our favor to change the course and set us into a place of consciousness to set us into a place of knowing what we want, harnessing our power and using our focus, our energy, our frequency and our intensity to really stick to something, to be with what it is that we love, mm -hmm. to be with what it is that makes us feel 
all the tingles, all those lovely, cozy, cuddly sensations that we want to keep going back to. And that some things that aren't too good for us have found out they can give to us. Okay, so we learn about those things that have been tricking us. We realize what it is we really want. And we keep coming back to it every day. Every day, every day, every day. You go to a yoga class, they tell you, keep coming back to the breath. Keep coming back to the breath. Because once you control your breath, you control your life. Then you figure out what you want in life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fair. Absolutely. I think it's beautiful. And I think that's a good place to end it here. 2021. God damn! <laughs> Focusing on the self. Toby and Tyler taking care of today's troublesome truths. We'll see you again next week. Let's Cheers. Let's do it.